Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to start something brand new as of this Great Man podcast, and I'm very excited about it. As you know, if you listen to this podcast or the Stephen Mansfield podcast, normally what I'm doing is giving about 10 to 12 minutes of talk, analysis, challenge, teaching, just whatever I need to say to you to become great men or on the Stephen Mansfield podcast to help you understand what's going on in our world. Well, on the Great Man podcast only, I want to begin from time to time to have guests. I want to bring to you some of the people I know who I think can help you be a great man. I've got some great people lined up. I've got the new president of Promise Keepers lined up. I've got Jewish rabbis lined up. I've got Christian pastors lined up. I've got NFL stars lined up. I've got some generals and some politicians lined up. I've got some guys who are just, they would say they were just average guys, but they've got amazing stories. I'm not going to try to just entertain and just spin plates and, and just twiddle your interest here. I'm going to try to really impact you with people who have something important to say. If they've impacted me, I'm going to bring them here about once a month to impact you. I'll still do all the other stuff that I do on this podcast, but I want them to impact your life. So I'm starting today with a friend of mine who, by the way, leads the best church I know for impacting men. For those of you who are Christians, and I'm well aware that not all of my audience is, and trust me, we've got every kind of religion, every kind of person represented in the future of these things. But the man I'm introducing today leads the church that does the best job I believe in ministering to and engaging men. His name is Michael Fletcher. He leads Mana Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He's right on the edge of Fort Bragg. And if you know, Fort Bragg is a special forces base. It is a place of a large place of very great intensity. If we're at war in the world, if we've got conflicts in the world, there are special forces guys coming and going from that base. It's massive. Um, his church is 9,000 strong. He decided long ago that if you were going to reach men, you had to reverse the trend of 70 to 80% position, 80% of all positions in churches being staffed by women. He has nothing against women, of course, neither do I. But he realized that you're going to grow a bigger, better church if you reach for men, and then the women will be not only better cared for, but a larger church will serve them well. So he's got 9,000 people at Manor Church in North Carolina there at Fayetteville. And now, of course, because the church has grown so large by, by virtue of him reaching for men, there are many more women employed, many more women served, many more, more women helped uh, by what he's doing. So it's a win-win for everyone. If you're a pastor, if you're a Christian, uh, if you even want to know how to lead an organization in such a way that it impacts men, this guy is doing it right. He's also a man's man. He runs all kinds of marathons. I think he's done 27 in his life. He's run ultra marathons. He makes me sick. No, I'm just teasing. He's a great guy, dear friend of mine. So give a listen for the next 10 minutes or so to Pastor Michael Fletcher. What an honor it is to be on Stephen Mansfield's Great Man Podcast. I so appreciate you, Stephen. And your contribution to the body of Christ, beyond your books, which are fabulous. You're just a, a great man yourself and a great example. And I'm so excited about this men's movement that you're helping to catalyze in our country. I want to start with a story. On July 2nd, 1982, the pilot of a 737 commercial jetliner reported seeing an unidentified flying object over LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. 
And when he was asked to describe what he saw, he said he saw a man sitting in a lawn chair holding a rifle. Now, you're going to think the guy's crazy or drunk or something, but it's really a true story. You can look it up. As it turns out, a, a, truck, a truck driver named Larry Walters decided he wanted to get a better view of his neighborhood and a better perspective on his life. So he thought he'd float up over his neighborhood and, and get a look. And to do that, he went to the Army Surplus store and he bought some weather balloons and filled them with helium. And you know how weather balloons, they can carry a pretty good amount of weight. So instead of buying just a few of them, he went and bought all 75 weather balloons they had in the Army Surplus store. He filled them up with helium. He attached them to his lawn chair after he had a friend tie the lawn chair to his pickup truck by a rope. Then, his true story, I'm telling you, then he got a peanut butter sandwich, a six-pack of beer, and a pellet gun and put it in his lap. Now, his thought was that once the rope was cut, he'd float up over his neighborhood, and with the pellet gun, he'd shoot some of those weather balloons and thereby regulate how fast he went up and how high he went. And then after he ate his peanut butter sandwich and drank his beer, he'd finish shooting the weather balloons with the pellet gun, and he would descend back into his into his backyard. The only problem was when he gave his friend the signal to cut the rope loose, he didn't float up over, over the neighborhood. He shot up like a rocket. And, and poor old lawn chair Larry, when he shot up so fast, he panicked, and he broke open the six-pack of beer and began to drink. Why the six-pack? I don't know, but he began to drink. At 2,000 feet, at 2,000 feet, the old boy passed out. At 16,000 feet, that's when the 737 pilot spotted him. And then when authorities got him back to the ground, they fined him $1,500. Now, I, I can't imagine what, what the penalty is. Is it driving a lawn chair without a license or flying a lawn chair without a license? I don't know. But they fined him $1,500. And then a reporter asked him a question. Why did you do it? And Larry said, well, I just wanted to get a better perspective on my life, and I got tired of sitting around. I want to talk to you because I think that sometimes we just want to get a better perspective. We, we say to ourselves, what's going on in my life? Am, am, am I, it, it, does my life have meaning? Am I going anyplace? And sometimes we end up feeling like we're just sitting around. We're, we're not accomplishing what God's called us to accomplish. We're not becoming the person we're called to be. And I think when we look at men, I think God has set men apart. And, and I don't say this um, in any way to disparage women. I, I, I think everyone has some leadership inside them, but I think it's incumbent upon men to lead. I, I think especially in our generation, in our time, it's time to step up and be the men that God created us to be. So I want to talk to you as a man for just a moment and say, first of all, uh, I guess my main point is that you are made by God on purpose for a purpose. God framed you with a purpose in mind. You're not just the product of human biology. God's plan all along was to make you and give you the talents and the gifts and the callings that you have and to allow you to walk through the various things in life you've walked through in order that you might come to know him in those places and be able to share your story with younger men coming behind you. I think we're living in a day and time where there's a, a terrible lack of fathering in the world and particularly in the body of Christ. And so that's why God has allowed you to experience what you've experienced so that as you grow and as you develop and as you meet Christ in those places, you develop a story and you can pass on your story and help other men grow into Christ's likeness. And I think there are three things we need to pay attention to. I think there are three qualities of a great leader. And the first is self-awareness. 
I think most of us spend a lot of our time not being self-aware. In other words, we see ourselves only the way we see ourselves, and we're unaware of how other people see ourselves. And so the gap between how you see yourself, say in your left hand, and if you hold up your right hand, the gap, the place which other people see you, the space in between those, that's where that's where we have what one man called SAG, self-awareness gap. So I think that talking to other people, listening to other people, allowing people to um, communicate to us what they think about us and really taking it in and really praying and asking God, Lord, who am I really? Because a lack of self-awareness will cause people to react to you. They, they, the Bible warns us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think with a sober self-evaluation. That's in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And so if we'll embrace that sober self-evaluation and realize who we really are, who we are, and who we aren't, that, that's, that goes a long way to developing our leadership. As a matter of fact, Forbes magazine recently published an article from a study that was done at MIT that said that self-awareness has been cited as the most important capability for leaders to develop. In other words, your success in life is going to be based on your self-awareness more than anything else. And based on an understanding of self-awareness, the second key characteristic is self-correcting. We've got to be able to make course adjustments. And I think there are three levels of that. The first level is somebody else correcting you. I mean, in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 3, it says there's a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. And so when we're younger or when we're being foolish, it's appropriate to have people in our lives that rebuke us, that, that basically the rod for the back. They bring the rod to our lives and help us to think about ourselves more correctly. So there's level one of self-correcting is somebody else corrects you, and I suspect we'll always have some of that in our lives, but as we mature, we need to move on to level two, which is God corrects you. And, and in Psalm chapter 32, verse eight and nine, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. This is God speaking now. So do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. In other words, you need to be able to respond to God's correction. When you open the scripture, it needs to to be a mirror that looks back into your soul and reveals who you really are. And you need to listen to what other people say, because sometimes God uses other people. Sometimes God uses circumstances. Sometimes God uses people we don't like to come into our lives to bring correction that we may walk in the way that God's designed us to walk. So the second level is let God correct you, but here's the highest level. And you may think, wait, God correcting me has got to be the highest level. But no, I think the highest level, level number three, is when you correct yourself because you know God's heart. It's when you you walk into a room and you've been in the room in the conversation for a bit and something in your heart tells you you're talking too much or you're not saying anything or you're talking about yourself too much. Self-correcting because you know God's heart. I think when we come to the place where we're able to make course adjustments because we know God, we know ourselves, we're open to the correction of others, then we begin to develop in that second great quality of a leader, which is self-correcting. So we start with self-awareness, then self-correcting, and I think the preeminent quality is self-feeding, the ability to receive what we need from God. The Bible even talks about we're able to comfort other people, watch this now, with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. I'm reminded about a time in David's life when when he was out 
to battle, and some raiders came to Ziklag, the town that he was living in, and they stole everything and the wives and the children. And then when, when the men got back and found out from the raid that their wives and children had been stolen with all their stuff, they wanted to stone David. And David was in a, was in, the Bible says he was, he, was, um, he was bitter of soul because of his sons and daughters and greatly distressed because the men spoke about stoning him. But the Bible says there in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 7, and David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Abimelech, bring me the ephod. Now the ephod is a garment that a priest wears. And so I'm sure Abiathar was thinking, why do you want the ephod? Because I need to be the man who hears from God for you. And David went in and inquired of the Lord. And he said, shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord said, yes, pursue them for you shall overtake them. And then watch this. David set out with 600 men with him. Now, wait a minute. A minute ago, they wanted to stone him. So they had rocks in their hands. David goes and hears from God. And then all of a sudden, they drop their stones and they want to follow him. I think pre the preeminent quality of leadership is the ability to feed yourself. So David said to Abiathar, I don't need you to hear from God for me. I can hear from God for myself. So listen, this is the time when God is calling men to step up and develop a story in their own life they can pass on to the next generation. So let's pursue self-awareness. Let's learn how to respond to correction. And let's become self-feeders. It's been an honor to share a few minutes with you guys. I love you so much. Come on, guys, let's go out and change the world. God bless you. Well, now you know why I love Michael Fletcher so much. Clear, humorous, powerful, deep understanding of men. I got to tell you, I really love this guy. And I want to challenge you to ponder a theme he talked about, and that is the relationship of God to your soul as a man. He really made the case that we need God uh, in our lives. We need God in our souls. We need him restoring us and we need to be following his voice, following his leading. Now, I know that I've got a wide variety of guys listening to this podcast. Some of you are atheists. Some of you don't know what you are. Some of you are Jews. Some of you are Muslims. Some of you are Christians. Religiously, we've got a whole big slate here in my, in the people who listen to this podcast. And I am thrilled by that. You're going to hear people from all of those perspectives as my guests in the coming months. But I strongly want to urge you to consider that, that issue right there. Michael Fletcher's got a lot to say. He's a good man. He's running the best church I've ever seen for men. So check him out at michaelfletcher.tv, michaelfletcher.tv. He's also on Twitter, and you can also look up on Google, Mana Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Let Michael Fletcher help you be a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.